0: Joining me on the lockdown edition of the WoCast is XUC Fighter.
1: <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs>
2: People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess fucking what? I back it up! I back it up! That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, bro. John, do you think I'm just gonna sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really? You think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand? That guy is such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't
1: have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hope you to God you come ready. Joining me on the daily edition of the World Class, the lockdown edition, is Ref to the Stars. He's ref on the UFC, he's ref on Bama, he's also ref on Cage Warriors, and we're talking about none other than Dan Moverhedy. How you doing, sir?
2: I'm good, thank you very much. How are you doing, Michael? I'm good?
0: really good, I have to say. How's lockdown and how's um, the whole pandemic treating you?
2: um it's it's okay you know I'm, I, I say i'm one of the lucky ones um say I'm, I'm a postman by trade. many people don't know oh right um, didn't know so, that. So that's, that that's that's my main gig uh, yeah i'm a, a postal service so i guess i'm considered as a key worker during this pandemic um so yeah i've been i've been one of the i say fortunate ones being able to work um obviously because i know so many people out there either being made redundant or being furloughed etc so, yeah, I've been busy doing that. And, yeah, so it's, it's, it's been OK. It's been manageable. Obviously, the boys and my two boys have been home as well and working around them and making sure they do their schoolwork, etc. But, yeah, it, it's been OK. It's been trying to keep sane and, and, yeah, keep busy, so to speak.
0: So tell me something. The advice that i had been adhering to is when we receive posts that you have to leave yeah. it 72 hours without touching it and then it's yeah. deemed to be safe. But how true is that?
2: Um, that's not the advice we we were given. We were given that if we leave if we delivering anything to your house, we put it on your doorstep. Take you know the two meter steps back, knock on your door. I me personally, I've got I deliver to a lot of elderly people as well. I advise them just look, wash your hands, make sure after you've opened your package, received it, give it a clean down, and and yeah, that, that's it. Whether you want to leave it for 72 hours or whatever, that's down to you. Look, at the end of the day, on my personal note, hey, you know you go buy a pack of sweets. You don't know if them pack of sweets have been you know, the plastic wrapper that you're eating from, if that's been cleaned or if that's been done by someone who hasn't cleaned the house. It's mm-hmm. gotta be there's a give and take to a certain point, isn't it? Well, you're not spending every, every minute of the day cleaning everything. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I've not actually taken
0: it from that perspective before because you're right. I mean, <laughs> there are no guarantees when you go even to the supermarket where things are supposedly pristine that, you know, no yeah. one hasn't actually picked it up who's actually sneezing to their hand and you're picking yeah. it up. And, um, yeah. you know, well, there, there, there we go. There, Therein lies yeah. the problem. But that's interesting <laughs> that you talk about the advice there because that I thought <clears throat> was policy, and that was, excuse me, was policy that. When you receive posts, regardless of whether it's a package, whether it's a delivery or whether it's a letter, you should leave it for 72 hours. Interesting. If,
2: that, if, that, if that's what's being said to the, to the customers online via, via the actual website of the company, then so be it. But as far as like me delivering it, that's all I've been told is just, you know, deliver it. you know, keep my distance from the customers. You sign it for yourself. Um and you see let the customer picks up. But hey, you know, you can never be too careful. So I don't, I don't blame people if you don't want to leave it for seventy two hours.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of advice, that kind of like neatly segues into the reason why you're in the hot seat, why you're in the hot chair this week because I'm, I'm curious as to the advice you know that refs actually get at the beginning of each show regardless of whether it's a regional show or regardless of whether it is a large um, entity I just wondered does it differ from promotion to promotion or because you're coming in there with your own skill set you're governed by your own advice how does it work
2: um so in regards of like doing um like what we call local shows um over here in england um uh, there is no obviously there is no commission so most of the shows that i turn up to either myself and with my co-referees whether it be sam amidi uh, rich mitchell whoever it may be that i'm refereeing with um we kind of like set the standards i.e like um, you know what, what bouts do we officiate um, sometimes we have the promoters tell us look, we want you to officiate these fights but 9 times out of 10 we just have a rotor in front of us and we just deal out the offici- uh, what we're going to officiate also bearing in mind if there's any conflict of interest with any fighters and ourselves um, but, uh, and then we hand out the, 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 the rota so to speak of what we're going to referee on the night on, on the local shows whereas when you go to shows like um uh, cage warriors or even the ufc um you do at that bigger stage you do get told what, what you're officiating and who you're officiating and you get told on the night as opposed to literally a couple of hours before you end up um, officiating the fights so in that in that aspect you don't know who you're officiating whereas most of the time if you're doing like i said doing a local show you see the fight card the night before so i kind of if, I, if i'm bringing a team to a local show I kind of work out who's refereeing what and who's going to be judging what fights, and I work it out like that
0: myself. See, it's interesting yeah. that you 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 go into and delve into the sort of like protocol um, with regards to conflict of interest because you just said there that on larger shows, let's just say the UFC, yeah. it doesn't yeah. sound as though there is any way out of a conflict of interest situation there because you're told who you're officiating, right?
2: No there, no, there is. there is. You um, About two weeks prior, or something last time was about a month prior, you get an email sent to you um, from the commission or from whoever's regulating it, and whether you're in this country or uh, abroad, um, asking if you have got any conflict. So they send you a li- list of fighters. Right. and I say to you, have you got any conflict of interest with any of these fighters? i would say a prime example um, was when uh, the UFC card, when Nathaniel, I think it was the London card, when Nathaniel Wood was fighting on that card they said have you got any conflict of interest i said that's one person i've got conflict of interest the reason being is obviously Brad pick is his head coach i used to train with brad i'm really good friends with brad as well so i didn't want to officiate that fight um, and same with um, someone like darren stewart for example was another one i think when he fought in liverpool or london i can't remember what card it was he was fighting on same thing his cousin trains um uh, bjj and, and, and new wave academy um, so I said, look, there's conflict of interest there because again, if something happens or a decision doesn't go your way as a referee, as you know, social media today, oh look, he trains with so and so's cousin, or yeah. look, he's, he's he used to be trained by Brad Pickett, and so that's why he favoured Nathaniel or something like. So you just they give you that option to take you out, of there, and that's why if you have any conflict of interest, no how big or how small it may be, um, you 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 let them know, and they work the rotor around that way, but. On another note on the smaller shows and i'm going off a little bit of a tangent here there's been times where you know for example myself and sam and media have been refereeing a show and you've got guys like from new wave on there and there's only two of us two refereeing so you know we always say to the guys and i've always kept it like this doesn't matter who you are where you're from i will treat you as fighter a and fighter b doesn't matter if i've trained with you before doesn't matter if i've been to your gym before you know Whatever it is, we, we we try to, as much as possible, take ourselves at that situation. But if it ever comes up like that, the guys and girls will always know I will treat you exactly the same across the board. There's no favouritism.
0: No. Now, it's interesting that you say that because you're talking about um, conflict of interest where there is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A positive impact yeah. on the fighter. And that is you've trained with them, you're mates with yeah. them, you drink with them. And maybe you might be going at one of their, girl, one of their girlfriends, one of their cousins <laughs> or, you know. Basically, we're talking about the positive aspect of conflict of, of interest. But how about yeah. where there has been... Um, I suppose conflict in the past, whether it be on a regional show now, they're on a the bigger show. How do you actually, how, do, how is that um, managed?
2: Pretty, pretty much the same. So if, if a fighter's name comes up on a show that, let's say, for example, I've refereed him on a regional show. The next thing, you know, a couple of years later, he's on the UFC or Cage Warriors and he pops up there or she pops up on, the, on that card. And you know, look, there's a bit of tension there or a decision you made or you know, a fight that you may have stopped, that they weren't happy with, that gave you a load of crap on on social media, that they, you know, whatever it may be. You, at the end of the day, as a referee, you want to, it's, it's a headache as it is, yeah. <laughs> so if you can try to minimise that headache and go, look, unfortunately, there's a little bit of conflict of interest. I don't want to referee that fighter, and I think to be honest, both parties will be happy in that sense, you know um so yeah okay, that, that's the way it would, it would go so again if, you, if you're known about it and, and you know but you know there there's going to be a situation there or, or there may be a potential situation that you take yourself out of it and you you know you name the fighter that you don't want to officiate and you know
0: one of the things which um i know is a, a recurring theme but i'm interested in your take and how you actually deal with this yeah. before a fight i know that some fighters approach referees and say look you know me mate, you know I can stand and bang and you know I can take punishment. If you see me in there taking punishment, you know I can handle it, so please, please mate, just let it go because at the end of the day, you know I will rally back. Do you get those kind of approaches and how do you deal yeah. with that?
2: Yeah, I've I've had approaches like that, especially on 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 the um on the more regional shows and even even as amateurs, amateur fighters, you know, I've had it before. Oh, ref you know, if, if if I get called, just let me carry on, or I'll be okay. Don't you know? Don't stop the fight, whatever it may be. And look, at the end of the day, what, it's, it's, you could give two responses. You could either be the be the referee who goes, yeah, sure, no problem, and then you end up doing that. And next thing you know, you didn't stop the fight, and he's knocked out cold, or whatever, or, or he's been submitted. Out and then guess who looks like the like the idiot? Of course, the referee. Doesn't yeah. matter what you do. Or you just say, look, at the end of the day. I'm there to protect you, yeah? So I'll be giving you commands anyway. So if you're in a situation, whether it be submission, or you're calling a submission or you're you're about you know taking too many shots, we will give you a command, protect yourself, show me you can get out of there. That's when you need to switch on. Then if you're not if you're not if you're when I'm giving you those commands, if you're not showing me you can intelligently defend yourself, if you're not showing me that you can improve your position to get out of a difficult situation, then clearly you can't. And then I will step in and stop that fight um and you know it's it's a it's a it's a situation where no one wants to be in because, as a referee, you go, all right, look i 've stopped this fight, and I know i'm going to must see everyone everyone's fans from this person is going to see go, why did you stop it ref, blah 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 and i 've had it before where i've stopped the fight, and the guy's calling for example, a crucifix position on the ground, not hard shots coming in, but again getting pounded, taking the cumulative shots so as as I like to call it. With it, and there's like two minutes left, for example, left, or it's early on in the round. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, I can't just let you sit here taking them pepper shots. All right, They might not be hard shots, but I can't let the shots, you know, I think the cumulative shots has an effect as well. And if you can't show me you can't get out of that position, or you're not looking to get out of that position, you're just waiting for me to stand you up, because that's what some parties do as well. They think, no, oh, it's okay. The referee is seeing that he's not finishing the fight, and I'm not tapping, he might stand me up. Not the case. And then when you do step in there, the fire's jumping up in your face. Oh, ref, come on, I was good. I'm not <laughs> cut, I'm okay. And I, and I say to them, that energy that you just used to jump up in my face, and you're not at me, mm. use it to try to get out of there. Use it to try to manoeuvre your position, whatever it may be. So, yeah, I do have fighters come up to you and go, ref, oh, I let it go. Of course not. No referee's going to do that. Our job at the end of the day is your safety. And that is paramount, no matter what, you know. And so, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a job, it's a thankless
0: job. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you've provided so much context and so much background. And I, I've been covering the sport over 10 years, and I didn't know half the thing that you're actually telling me What with regard to um, fight I interaction just a lot. If, with. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't know any of this in, in terms of well, most of what you just said there. Because you're, I, I suppose, putting into context what I'm going to segue into next. And that is Jason Herzog, as you know, uh, is coming for yeah. a lot of stick over the um, recent fight. And that is when we actually saw um, Anthony Smith against Glover Teixeira. Anthony Smith, it looked on the face of it that he was taking some, you know, insurmountable punishment. But from a ref's point of view, and that's why I I bring Jason Herzog's um, name into this, because he subsequently apologised for what we all saw. And that was, Mm -hmm. you know, um, a, a relentless beatdown. Um, in the subsequent um, stanzas of the, what was it, the third round, that the fact of the matter is this. As a judge, sorry, as a ref, looking at that, you obviously aren't that close to the action, but what were your thoughts on that? And do you feel as though, you know, the way that actually unfolded is how you would have dealt with it? It's, I, I'll,
2: I'll be honest with you, Michael. Listen, I can't give... I can't tell you how I would have dealt with it because I'm not a referee at that specific time yeah. inside that cage, yeah, and and dealing with that situation. Now, look, J- Jason, I, I've seen him referee firsthand. Um, you know, we've been we, when I worked on Bellator, um, and I, can I just make it clear, I commission and, and I work on the Ops team of the Bellator, so I haven't had the opportunity to referee on Bellator, but yeah, they, but I've seen these guys work firsthand, and you know what they they they've made so many great decisions in the past, and I'm not saying this one's a wrong one, but at the end of the day, no one should criticise. They should. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but like, you're not the referee there. You can't see what's happening. The, he, as a referee, you've got a point of view. You know what shots are landing. You know what uh, how, how the fighter's reacting. You can see the fighter's eyes. But that being said, look, if, if he like you said he's come out with a statement and he's you know taken credit for for what happens he's taken off on himself and respect to be given there as well mm. to come out like that especially in today's society where you know every person's behind the keyboard and tapping away and giving you abuse whatever it may be yeah and, and you know he at the end there as referees we are humans so you you know whether i'm not going to say whether he made a mistake or didn't make a mistake some people may think that i've made a mistake in the past and some people may think i haven't made a mistake Mm. at the end of the day he's a human being you know it's 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 something that we're going off a reaction we're going off what fighters are doing and that that's it really you know and and it's a it's a like I said, the thankless job. You know, then you had people saying about um, uh, the Dominic Cruz fight, uh, Keith Peterson. Yeah. You know, again, Keith. Keith you know, you got people giving him so much shit on that. Mm. He's, he's he is one of the top refs, and there's reason. There's a reason why he's there. There's a reason why he's been in the game for so long. And again, like like most referees, the same same people who are too quick to go on the online and and criticize the referee. I oh, should have done this. He should have done that. Couple of weeks prior to that, they were the same people going, "Oh my God, what a top stoppage! What a great stoppage! Great referee! You know, he, thats why he's one of the best in the game." And you're like, you can't have it both ways. What do you want? You know, at the end of the day, that's social media for you. You know, um, but I can tell you 100% that every referee, especially at that level, who steps into that cage and looks after the fighters, fighter safety is paramount, and we don't always get it right, uh, or public don't think that we get it right. But trust me. As always, fighter safety will be paramount, no matter what, I can guarantee you that. Do
0: you feel a little bit disrespected when there is this call for an additional ref, um, I suppose is a way of looking at it, and that is the corner actually having the ability to throw in the towel and stop the fight?
2: Well, the the corner can stop that fight. Mm. But but I I like to think... That you know, uh, you know, we're saying our rules talk. You know, look, like, should you throw a towel in, etc. I hope it doesn't get to that situation because I like to think that if a, if a corner's thrown in the towel, yeah, and me as a referee haven't stopped it, you've got to kind of like look back on it a little bit and go, okay, well, why did they throw in the towel? Was there legit legitimate reason for that? Did I not see something that they, you know, that they saw? Could I've stepped in earlier? Whatever it may be. But yeah, I, I think cornermen, and we've seen it before. You know, um, I think was it the uh, Anthony Pettis's coach when well, yeah. he fought, was it Tony Ferguson? He mm-hmm. fought,
1: um,
2: and something was up with him, and you know he called the fight off. Yeah. You know, as a cornerman, and you know, and 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 that I think cornermen do have that duty, and there are great cornermen out there who know that. You know, who, who have done that. I've had it on regional shows where they've gone ref, no more, he's done, finished, no problem. And you know, and and at the same same time. You do have this some especially on the local show, you have a relationship as in with the fighter with the sorry, with with some of the teams and you know that the decision you make as a referee, if you stopped in and stopped the fight, you know the coach is gonna come up to you and go, Thanks, ref, really appreciate that. You know, because sometimes the coaches do feel that, hey, I can't throw this talent because wherever it be oh, this is the next if he wins this fight on this regional show, this was the one that's gonna get him the contract signed for the UFC, for yeah. K Warriors, for Bellator, wherever mm. it may be. So, you know, they're in a difficult situation as well. However, you know, I think that there they, they should be more cornermen um, to look out for the fighters now. Uh, you know, and they can do that. They can throw in the towel, you know.
0: And, you know, just to circle back just slightly before we go forward, okay. before you actually um, go and ref, are you given sort of like, you know, like the fighters, they get sort of like a, a pep talk, you know, go out there and give it your all and. We want to, you know, we want this to be spectacular for the for the cameras type of talk. Do you yeah. get a sort of like briefing or debrief uh, first um, of all before you go out there and after you come back?
2: Yeah, so on like UFC, um, you always get because like I said, you got like you got a commission. So like when we done like UFC London, got uh, yeah. Mark Ratner there, um, so he gives you a debrief. So that's when they hand you your assignments um, to tell you, you know, just um, have a good show, whatever. Um, and then you definitely have a debrief afterwards as well after the shows um talking about now that's just not with the referees. You also have a debrief with the judges as well. Right. If there's been if there's been a couple of decisions where it's been split decisions or something that doesn't that 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 may not have been right. You you will you will get questioned like, look, why did you give this decision for this fighter? And as a judge, you know, people like Ben Cartley, David Effey, uh, Mark collette they're just the some of the top guys in the UK and Paul Sutherland. They'll have notes and they'll say, "Look, this is the reason I saw it like this because at uh, this minute or this time or this majority around, these are the shots he was landing, or this is submission he was taking, or etc." So you do have a debrief to explain yourself if there's if there's any controversy, and same with the referees. You know, oh, why did you stop that
1: fight? Right?
2: I, mean, I thought he took too many unanswered shots. I could see that his eyes were rolling back, for example, because not many people see that. You know, you, you would, as referees. You look at the fighter's eyes, You look at the body language. You look at how they have fallen down. You look at the build-up to the situation. I knock, knock, knock out. So you look at the, you know the build-up. Did he, he took you know he took two heavy head kicks before I put him on his ass. And yes, he did get back up, but the third one, you know, he, he, his body went more limp. His eyes rolled back, and that's the reason I stopped it. And yeah, after I stopped it, maybe he did come to, but at that point, I've already made my decision. So yeah, you get a chance to explain yourself. You get a chance to to basically. Uh, if if, if any, you know if there's any doubts any other people's mind to, to put it to the commission because especially at the top level you have the gyms if they want to put any appeals into the commission then they've got your side of the story as well.
0: That's interesting that you say that because again this isn't something that I knew or actually uh, was aware actually happened in terms of a debrief so with that yeah. borne in mind the fact that you do have a debrief how open do you think judges or in, I suppose in particular how um receptive do you think referees would be to having a debrief with the media? So not necessarily to be grilled and and, and, and cross-questioned, but to give like a, an account of what they saw that we didn't. How yeah. how um how palatable do you think that would be?
2: It's a hard one, isn't it? Because there's a you know, <laughs> I, I say this, you know, great so there's there's a handful of good journalists out there um who you know not clickbaity etc yeah um whether we're lucky with today's social media you know if, if like for example look at um, Herzog who put his statement out mm. you know he didn't have to get in front of the media to explain his decision he 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 put a statement out he said that whatever he had to say and there's been other referees who, who've you know said that look maybe in, in in hindsight i could have done this this and this um Sometimes, I don't know, it's it's a catch-22, isn't it? Because you could speak to certain media people and, you know, they, they will they will give your side of stories how you exactly said it. And there's other media who just take snippets out of it and, I don't know, have a headline, oh, the ref says he's sorry. And that's it. <laughs> and <you're> like,
1: <laughs> you know, it's
2: I it's, 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 I don't know, it's, it's a tough one, you know. But I reckon at the end of the day, I hope, you know, like yourself um, and the, there's been a couple of other media people who I know as well who have been on i. e. referees course or judges' course or speaking to referees and judges and getting their getting their point of perspective. Now whether they're doing it for their for, for themselves as, as in like to publish something or just to get a bit of knowledge. Oh yeah, I understand why they gave that around the 10-8 or I understand why the referee decided to step in or, or, or why he why he took a point away or why did he take two points away, whatever it may be. Why did he DQ him? It's good that germ- I think journalists and same with like commentators. I say this all the time, especially on regional shows, you know, some of the commentators that I've spoken to, you know, keeping them up to date. Look, you do realise that today we're, you know, the downed opponent. These are the rules for a downed opponent. You do realize that amateur, there is no need to there. So that when they're commentating, they'll go, Oh, what's this ref doing? He's not allowing him knee to the head as an amateur. You're like, Well, there is no need to the head an amateur. What do you want about, you know? Or or you know, oh, he wasn't a downed opponent, but when he was. You know, so it's good to educate people, and same with the media and and the commentary team. I think that's the key of of is education. You know, and 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 putting it out there.
0: And and you know, speaking of education. How much of the coronavirus have you looked into? The reason why I'm asking is because, you know, obviously we are all looking for promotions to restart, especially, you know, in view of the fact that, you know, the UFC are out there and they're waving the banner and actually, you know, spearheading um, a get back to work mentality. But how much um, does your knowledge of the virus um give you the enthusiasm or dampen your enthusiasm to get back into, you know, the cage as well.
2: My knowledge of the coronavirus is exactly where everyone else is mostly <laughs> been, wherever it, be it be on the news or social media. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. I, I would, you know, like, I would like to get back in there again with the safety measures, i.e. being tested, making sure no one else is, you know, is got a virus, etc. But I was having a discussion with, with someone else and I can't see local shows at the moment putting anything in place. One, because if they want to do the testing, if they, they you know wanna put the extra precautions, i.e. like the UFC did like where they had you know, every fighter had their own training room as opposed to, you know, the same couple of camps trained them, sharing a the changing room, you know, they had their own saunas, they had their own meal preps, they had their own hotel rooms. So, you know, they were they were isolated really up until the point they got to the arena and they were fighting right mm. now you imagine a local show that depends on ticket sales to try to put that cost of you know that co- type of cost effective show on True. with no fans and they still got to pay purses you know it's it's a tough one um but you know i i am itching to get back in there and officiate on the basis that uh, you know if if some of these fighters is, is their living you know and if if we can make sure that everyone is safe and everyone's doing what they can to be safe and to make sure that they have the test, that that you know there's no um, uh, contamination, so to speak, between other camps. Then yeah, but then that being said, you're in there fighting, aren't you? No matter how much times you're getting tested, you're you're in there having a fight at the same time. So things are going to germs are going to you know sweat's going to go in each other's eyes, blood's going to go in each other's mouths, yeah. whatever it may be. But again, at the highest level, you know, like the UFC, can afford to do that, as in having make sure they have free tests while they're there. You know, before the fight, after the fight, you know, before they travel, they can afford that, you know. Um, so by local shows, I can't see them see them putting that kind of money out or being able to put that kind of money out.
0: So I suppose the, the, the natural progression of that question then, considering where we are in terms of what we're talking about, I'm guessing that it will be a long while then, uh, in your eyes, from what you said then, that we'll see yeah. on the UK circuit at least regional shows returning.
2: I I think so and also people need to remember that at the moment none none of the gyms are open so even if the government turned around and went all right guys you can have um July end of July you can have you know uh, a show on with I don't know let's say thousand people for example yeah still at the same time you know most fighters like to have a good eight to ten week camp um you know just logistically trying to get it in place I don't I can't see it unless you're planning already someone you know Maybe someone like Cage Warriors might be able to, you saw how they, and and Bellator might be able to do behind closed doors, because, you know, like we saw just before this pandemic really kicked in, um, Cage Warriors moved their London show all the way to Manchester and still managed to get it done, you know? So the likes of those, they may be able to have it and got something in place, but other other local shows, I I can't see it happening this side of the summer, that's for sure.
0: Incredible. You know, just before you go, again, circling back just to one thing which I wanted to ask you earlier, in terms of this notion that um, it could be introduced and there, you know, there there is growing um, voices and uh, growing volume in those voices to bring this in. But um, in round scoring, what's your thoughts on that? How do you feel about, you know, that being introduced? What, the,
2: uh, what having the scores put up in between? Yeah. In, in, in between. Nah, yeah, it depends on what, what side of you, may you're asking. If you're asking as a fan point of view or as an official, well, as a fan as point a... of view, anything that, anything that makes a sport exciting, you know, I've heard it all. I've heard it, oh, look, if you put the round scoring up, it'll make the fighters go harder if they're yeah. really losing. Or, or and then you've heard the other side, if you put the scores up and, you know, on two rounds up, I might take the foot off the gas and just run away for a whole round. Mm. It's, it's a hard one. Look, at the end of the day, regarding the judging side of stuff, three judges is fine. Yeah, the important thing is is having the judges who are there, one knowing exactly what they're doing and knowing the criteria. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Knowing the criteria of of the judge or of what they're looking at, what they're looking for, and how they're scoring it. It doesn't matter if you can put a you can put it on you could you could still have it on the big screen the results, and you and you still be like, what the fuck. Has this judge seen it like this? You could still have that. And it's still so it doesn't solve the problem of having it on the big screens. All that does is, in my eyes, creates more problems. It's bad enough the judges getting it, getting it in the ear hole uh, and, and on social media is could you imagine being on big screen in front of twenty thousand fans? Yeah. And you're sitting around that cage, your name's just been announced that you're that you're judging this show or uh, judging this fight, and you could just imagine, you know, you're gonna have fans, you know, trying to, you know, send you threats or coming, like, ah, how you this this and you know how the hell did you score this you know at the end of the day again judges are human beings as well they may not always get it right or they have got it right and they're seeing it in a different view and in the correct criteria and then you are who's sitting at home drinking a couple of beers with your mates doing a couple of shots <laughs> and smoking a stiff at, at, at three o'clock in the morning yeah. trying to watch a fight and you know they've got, you know so I, I don't think that's i don't think it solves it that's my personal opinion what does solve it is having uh, good judges having uh, people who, who are knowledgeable in the sport and have been in the sport and know exactly what the criteria are and follow those criteria. 9 times out of 10 yeah. you'll get the right
0: decision. You know one final thing I know I did say that you know we're wrapping go, up go but
2: it, I I I'm, I'm intrigued by your
0: your response to this and that is uh, our mutual friend uh, one of my favorite refs Leon Roberts ha- has yeah. I have to say one of the uh, the finest stories which um is obviously on video you could see it for yourself but it's one of the most bizarre um interactions with a fighter and that is a story yeah. which he can dine out on in that he had to physically restrain a fighter um, <laughs> from doing damage to another fighter by uh, I think it was a rear naked choke he had him in. Yes. It, he, he had to yes. literally yes, you know, <laughs> get his hooks in and um, I think it was a body triangle he secured as well. But anyway, are there any stories like that in your own experience from all the promotions and all the years that you've been refing that you want to share with us?
2: Um, yeah, that, they, there's, been, look, there's been a couple, there's been some where, where a guy's got someone in a guillotine choke uh, and, you know, the guy's tapped and he hasn't let go and you're like, you know, you're trying to peel the guy's hands off so, you know, you might have to... This is on a regional show and I won't name the fighter but, you know, you have to just, <laughs> just dig, dig dig, dig the knuckle into the side of the neck to get a reaction for them to let go. Yeah. I've had that before. Um, you know, I've, I've had times where where I've refereed a kickboxing bout where I've called time or I've called stop to the end of the round and the fighter's thrown a shot and it's just grazed me to the back of the head. Wow. Like that. And, then, and then you're kind of like all right, I've got deal with this two ways. I can get really pissed off and go, what the fuck are you doing? Or I can go, look, when I say stop, stop. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and i take it as, look, maybe he didn't hear the bell because the crowd's loud or whatever. There are situations like that. But on, and I'm going to go on another tangent here, Michael, you saying about Leon securing <laughs> a good good grand game and getting that related choke. Listen, it is, for, in my eyes, it is important for referees to have some sort of knowledge of self-defense, of grappling, etc. cetera, yeah. because trying, just trying to, or, or knowing your position, knowing how to get someone off, you know, uh, to get them off of another fighter, or how to step in, that is key, you know, mm. knowing that, you know, if someone's got a choke on, where do you need to put your hand in for them to take, you know, take that choke, so if someone's going for a guillotine choke, I know I'm going to try to get my hand in between the neck and the arm for him to stop squeezing that while I'm trying to peel him off as well,
1: you yeah. know? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a it's a it's it's for me in my eyes and I it at this that's important. that Also, the referees learn or, or try to study the art that they are participating in, especially the ground game. Because when you're refereeing, you know you you need to know their submissions. You need to know where the pressure points are or, or what choke is he going for. So that when you're refereeing, you're looking at what you need to be looking for. <laughs>
0: Dan Ravetti I have to say you have taken us uh, I would say a whistle stop tour from start to finish and you know really and truly you've you have improved my knowledge somewhat and I, I, I you know I, I like to think of myself as fairly uh, clued up on what actually happens behind the scenes seeing as I do spend a lot of time there but it has been an incredible whistle stop tour through you know the eyes of a ref so thank you for that and um, I, appreciate that. I, I really do hope that we do get to see you back in the cage soon Refing yeah, somewhere appreciate that. on you the know,
2: planet, and, and on that note, I, I hope that we get to see this not not just not just MMA, not not just the sports side of stuff, but actual a, a, as a nation soon. Let this you know so called pandemic um, pass over, and you know whatever normality may look like on the other side of it. You know, hopefully, we'll get to some sort of normality, and for us all, you know, to be able to see each other again, to be able to see our families, to see our training partners, to see. Uh, the promotions, the fights, the football, the basketball, whatever it is you're interested in some sort of normality, you know?
1: Indeed. So that's what I <laughs>